Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. You have made this for us to rejoice and be glad in. And we are glad, Father. We are. And we want to tell you that. And we thank you. And we bless you for what you have in store for us this day. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So we'll get started. I thought today we'd talk about the fact that the prosperous soul gets healed. Amen. Uh, the one that prospers, the soul that prospers, uh, healing is for the prosperous soul, okay? So that's, that's what the prosperous soul gets is healing. Amen? And, uh, it's good that God has provided health for his people. Amen? So healing really is a legal, uh, act. It was legalized for us at Calvary. It was finalized at Calvary. So according to what the the work that Jesus did, legally healing belongs to us just like salvation does. So if you're saved, you're healed. Amen. Uh, and we need to accept that by faith. Uh, it's amazing that we can accept something that's uh, a long way off better than we can accept something that's closer. Everybody can believe they're going to heaven because that's way, way, way off somewhere. But it's harder to believe for something that's right here that you need right now. Amen? Because then that causes you to have to confront certain things. It causes you, for me, I believe it just causes you to 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 question, to learn, to study, to delve into uh, more things that relate to the here and now as far as the things of the kingdom of God are concerned. Um, because these things are available. They belong to us now. Amen. We are healed now. Legally speaking, we are healed now. Amen. There's why? Because there's nothing left to do for us to, to be healed except to believe it. So when it's, it's just on a believing basis, that means it belongs to us right now, legally speaking, because the price has been paid, the debt's paid off, the ransom was dropped already at Calvary, the Spirit of God came free out to to rescue humanity, to console us, to strengthen us, to teach us, to get us to believe in in what God has already done for us. So there's nothing, we're not waiting on God to do anything for us to get rid of these symptoms in our bodies. What God's waiting for us to do is to take the time to get to understand what we have. And that's the the real quest of the gospel is studying to show yourself approved unto God, getting understanding and all you're getting, get understanding, uh, develop a relationship with God so that you can receive everything that he has for you. You wind up being just like him. Amen. And it's that transformation process that is something that uh, uh, is is a, an ongoing work in us. It's like a life's work. Uh, receiving that change that that uh, God has has ordained for us to receive. Uh, he doesn't want us sick. He, that's why he's already healed us and provided for our healing. We gotta believe though that we have it now. 
You know, if, if you don't believe you have it now, then you're not really believing truth. You're believing something you prefer to believe, or you're believing what your mind has already told you, that if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. But you don't see heaven, but you're convinced you're going there. Now, if you think about it, when you were first born again, you had your doubts. Every time you did something wrong, you doubted. Am I really saved? You never told anybody. You know, when people would talk about salvation, you jump right into conversation. But you were doubting every time you did something. And then one day you just settled it. She said, you know what? I'm going to stop this going back and forth in my mind. You know, one one mistake doesn't take away my salvation. I'm forgiven. My sins are forgiven. And so you start to convince yourself, amen, that your salvation is real, no matter how you cut up sometimes. You got me? (laughs) You found yourself being drawn back to the foot of the cross, begging, slobbering, crying, promising not to do it no more. Then you realize you were promising stuff you couldn't guarantee. God, if you help me, then I won't do it no more. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you put it back on him again, which is fine with him. He's willing to help us to do whatever we, we need to do. But little bit by little, we convince ourselves of the truth of God's word, don't we? It's, that's how we all live. It was well, the same thing with healing. It's the same thing with, with prospering and doing well and, and having the things that you need with abundance. Don't stop it. Just, you know how sometimes we do say, Lord, have mercy, abundance. I don't know about all that. It's, I'm just barely getting my bills paid. I'm doing good. <laughs> don't, don't put that, don't live, sweat me out no more than I'm already sweating. I'm just doing good to barely be in there, you know? And, and God's trying to get us to let that word, let these foreign concepts settle in on us. Amen. That, uh, that, that we, we know we need, you know you need more understanding of God. You know you need more, uh, um, that God wants you to, to take on. You know, you, you're taking on more challenge because he wants you to receive more from him. This is not in vain, folks. There's a reason for your sweating. And there's a reason for your going through. And there's a reason for your light afflictions. They're light afflictions according to the, the word of God, but we take them like it's life and death. You know, I mean, it's like, oh man, can I get out of this tunnel I'm in? Lord, Lord have mercy. When God win, by hook or by crook, you know, something. So we just really want to, to get in that place where we totally believe that's that's where we're headed to you you want to get in that place where you totally believe and don't doubt and it's all settled and you can't be moved boy that's a great place to live in abide in where you are not moved by anything and so once we we know that's where we're headed then we can be more at peace with the process of getting there amen and so in third John, uh, chapter one and verse two, uh, the apostle John says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Amen. 
prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, you know, we, we kind of like to take this to mean money and health, you know, your finances and your body. But to be honest with you, this uh, prosperity encompasses much more than your finances. Amen. In fact, to prosper and be in health is your soul prospers. What the apostle is saying here, that he wants us to know the reality of what we believe. Amen. He wants us to receive the reality of what we, we are, are meditating on, what, what's being preached to us, what we embrace with our faith. Amen. He says, I want this word to be real to you. So I want you to prosper and be in health to the degree that your soul prospers. Now, what does that mean? What is your, what is a prosperous soul? A soul that prospers is a soul that has overcome the carnality that we're born with, the iniquity that we're born into. For your soul to prosper, that means that your, your, your mind must be full of God's word. You have to be a person that meditates on the word. It's not just grabbing a scripture here and there. Take it home with you in your mind. Dwell on it. Pick it apart. Let God show you what it really means. Undertake it. Let it, let it, you know, uh, brew in your, like you sit a, a tea bag in a, a cup of hot water and it, it kind of oozes out <laughs> into, that's how the word does in your brain. It kind of, you let it sit it in there and marinate it and think about it. It'll start oozing out into your, your brain. It'll take over. And that's a glorious place to be. You know, I mean, that's when when you get a pain and you don't think to run to the doctor or there is cancer, that means your soul is prospered. Amen. It means you've gotten beyond just running around considering your body all the time. And the minute an alarm bell goes off in your body, then you're running off somewhere thinking the world's coming to an end. So once you you cross that bridge over into prosperity in your soul growing fruit growing the fruit of the spirit now uh becoming how you, what you live out of instead of what you see in the natural you know and, and not being disturbed every time the enemy uh touches something in the natural and not being moved by what he does amen then then your soul is prospering it's it's getting increased so to prosper means to fare well to do well amen it means to cause to thrive where your soul is thriving now. Now, what's the difference between thriving and perishing? Well, when your soul is perishing, you think problems all the time. Amen. You worry. You fear. You you get emotional. You get impulsive. You're not sure about things. You you. Have one thought after another. I should do this. No, you should do that. No, you should do that. Now that's not going to work. That's not. This might work. You you understand? That's a soul that's that's really perishing, because it's pulling all its information from the physical realm, from the natural realm. And so, when you pull your information from the natural realm, the enemy. It's easy for him to come in and manipulate your circumstances, manipulate your inner peace. You don't have inner peace. 
You might have it for a minute, and then the next thing you know, you're back worrying again. You're back upset again. You're back wondering when something's going to change. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so when your soul prospers, that means that you have a sense of well-being. You You are thriving now. You're beginning to thrive and, 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 and bring more life into yourself through your thoughts. Amen? Through what you think. And I'm not talking about this happy thought and happy talk that we get into, you know, uh, you know, if, if you stay on social media, every day is national something day or international something day. You know why? They want to keep you on there. So they'll give you something to text somebody about just to keep you on there. Why do they want to keep you on there? So they can show the advertisers how many nuts are going on there jumping on these things. And they know how to manipulate it. All they have to do is start a rumor and get it, enough people interested in it, and they make billions of dollars off of you sitting there finding pictures of your national grandmother's day well my granny you know she's up in heaven heavenly granny day and all the nonsense stuff we put on there amen they do it to raise money you don't get none of it you understand what i'm saying you're making them rich and so we're we're beyond happy talk we're not talking about stuff like that when we talk about your soul prospering we're talking about growing in the knowledge of God, making sure that you're thinking out scripture. Lord, what does it mean that, that, that you were wounded for my transgress? You were wounded for that. You were, that means every time you make a mistake, you, you should be at peace because it won't stay on your record. It won't stay on your soul. It won't, I don't care what you do. It won't stick to you. That's what it means. So you can have the assurance, not that you deliberately go out and sin. Everybody knows better than that. You don't deliberately do anything to offend anybody you love. Amen? And you love the Lord. You have his love in your heart now. So your love has been translated over to his love. So you love him and you seek to please him. You seek to obey him. You're careful about, you know, how you spend your time, how you spend your resources, all of these things you do. Why? Because you want to please him. Amen. It's evidence that you want to please him. And so once we, we understand that, that that's our position, then what's left for us to do is make sure that we are living in the reality of all that he's provided for us. Because that's part of loving him too. Loving him it is living in the reality of what he's provided for us. It's not greed and it's not stupid. It's not, uh, you know, you don't want to do anything for yourself. You know, it's recognizing how limited you are to do anything for yourself. And knowing that once you depend on him, that's the best place you can be. Amen. And so that, that's the mindset we're talking about. The, the one that, that gives you a sense of well-being at all times. I am dependent on God and that's the best place in the world to be. I don't have to worry about everything, anything, because he has taken care. He holds my future, and it's a good future. It's a blessed future. It's a prosperous future. So to prosper really means all of those things to cause somebody to thrive, to have success, 
how can you have success? You have to be working at something. Amen. And, and to have work that you can work at, have open doors to set your hand at certain things so that you can prosper. It means to boom and to flourish, to render fortunate, to be fortunate. Amen. To be comfortable. Enjoying a steady good fortune or financial uh, success. Oh, security. Amen. So you have a sense of financial security, not wealth amassed where you can see it. See, this, what we're talking about here is a sense that you're connected to something much bigger than you are. And that connection cannot be broken. Got me? It's never in jeopardy of losing it. See, if you just look at what's down here on this earth, there's insecurity everywhere. You could lose just yesterday, or was it yesterday? One of the banks in California shut down. There was a run on the bank. We're talking about billions in security of business, a small business. So the fallout is like dominoes. The banks fail, the businesses that they're holding security for fail. Look at all the employees that are unemployed because those businesses fail. And so uh, we can't depend on anything on this earth. And the sooner you disconnect your thinking about away from the things on the earth, the more secure you'll be. Amen? It doesn't matter if it looks like there's there's you don't have a job. You're secure in heaven. Just keep thanking God for it, and before you know it, you'll have one, and you'll be prospering in it. Amen? And give God time to work things out for you. This is where we, see, when you're secure, when your soul prospers, time doesn't bug you. You know, you don't let that flame keep fanning in your brain. When's it going to happen? How long is it going to take? When am I going to, you understand what I'm saying? Security means security. It means irrespective of time, irrespective of place, irrespective of anything like that. You're just secure everywhere you go. You, you, it, it, it doesn't depend on, you know, a lot of people, their job is their security. Their, their savings are their security. Their, you know, their home is their security. If they've got equity in a house, that's, you know, you sit back at night and just, Ah, you better stop that. (laughs) You better stop getting nervous if things look like they're moving out from under you. Because you're secure. You prosper and be in help as this prospers. You let your mind start to meditate on God's word and what he has for you and what he's got in store for you and how to please him. God, what do I need to do to know that I'm pleasing you? Oh, people are scared to ask that question. If you don't get an answer, guess what? You probably don't. You're you're in good shape. But see, we're we're afraid to find out from God. God, what do you want me to do? What what is it that I need to be doing? What what? Give me some peace here. You know, give me something to do to give me some peace here. And and God will show you things. He will. He doesn't want to leave us in the dark, and He doesn't want us to just waste our time doing things that we hope he approves of. He wants us to know that we know that we know. And and so once we 
we start letting our soul prosper, you start to open yourself up to hear from God more. You start to open yourself up to understand exactly what he expects. You start to open yourself up to be his friend. He can share things with you now, and you can share things with him. There was a time in Abraham's life where he made that transition from being a servant of God to really being a friend of God. Now, once you're God's friend, you don't start serving him. You don't go and sit in his face and kick your feet up on the coffee table and say, yeah, we we best buds now. I ain't no more. Let somebody else do that servant thing. No, you're a servant all the days of your life. You know, let that be a, a, a joyful part of your life. You know, I enjoy serving God. You know, I'm I'm glad when he gives me the least little thing to do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still here, God. I'm in the I'm in the game still. I'm your girl down here in Cleveland. You, you understand what I'm saying? Um, and you got to live that way. You can't be afraid of what God might tell you to do. If that's where you are, you need to pray and ask God to just take that away from you. You know, you're scared to, to let him have more of your time or like, what are you doing with it? Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll take that little bit you give to him and multiply and give you more in the hopes that you'll give him more time. Amen. And so these are the things that, that, that cause your soul to prosper. You know, you're not afraid of opening up to God, letting him know your heart, let him know what you think. You know, you're not trying to impress him with your little faith, fake faith confession. You know what I'm saying? We always spouting the word off toward him to show him that we're still believing you, still believe, even though we're on our last leg and limping. You know, we're just like, oh, God, I'm still believing. You're not as believing as much as you think you are. And so the prosperous soul is able to come to grips with all of these Thing. You know, it's just, it's like, okay, God, it, we don't have any secrets from one another. And you know how I really think and what I'm feeling about this. And I'm getting unsure again. You know, I need you to reassure me. I need you to show me something. I'm, I'm wavering here. I'm teetering. And, and just be honest. So, so when you start living like that before God, He'll start to give you that sense of well-being when your soul prospers you have that that life force in there that always is is able to to come up with good solutions and good answers it's thriving it's living and it's living well you know your your soul is living well because it can always grab the next thought from god the next plan from god the next anything See, when your your soul doesn't prosper, it shuts down possibilities of doing well. It just begins to shut down life. And and then you're worried and you're wondering, you know, you hit that brick wall and you don't see anything opening up to you. And, and you know, the prosperous soul say, Lord, while I don't see anything down here, you're still God. And I know you have a plan for me. And I'm going to be patient until you reveal it to me. And I'm just going to sit tight. And and hold on, and and whenever it's time for me to move, you'll open up some revelation. You'll open up a door. You'll open up whatever. But I still expect that you will supply all of my needs according to what you have laid up for me in glory. I'll never doubt that you have 
more for me. You know, if I'm in need, God, you're going to supply that need. I'll never doubt that. And, and this is the way your soul prospers. When you, when your soul gets to the place where it anticipates good from the hand of God, it knows God is unlimited in his resources, even though you may not see an open door anywhere, God's got one for you. Amen. He really, really does. And so just, just resting in him and allowing him to be able to get that door open makes all the difference. Sometimes you'll be sitting thinking about somebody that you know, you haven't talked to in a long time and you'll have a need and you'll wonder why that person's name is coming across your mind. Duh. Make the phone call. Text them. Make contact. Amen. Just thinking about you, just your name ran across. I just want to see how you do it. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about calling you. I have such and such and so and so. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um. It's always there. See, that's the prosperous soul. You prosper and you get your healing and your health as your soul prospers. Amen. If your soul doesn't grab on and get renewed in certain things, it will short circuit your ability to receive them and hold on to them. See, the possibilities shrink the less your soul prospers. You got, it's, it needs to be full of the word at all times. If you start getting low on the word, get back in your word. Pick up the Bible again. You know, sometimes we get lazy. We, we need healing, but we get that same scripture over and over and over because it's easy to grab. Sometimes God wants to talk to you more about it. Amen. He wants to give you more information and it just needs, you need to spend some time with him. And so you're so prosperous by spending time with God in his word. Meditating on what you read, you know, instead of speed reading through, take time to just look at what you just read. Because many times if you read a scripture, you'll notice something in that scripture grabs your attention, but you run past it. Shouldn't do that. If it grabs your attention, that's what he wants you to know right now. Amen. And see, we're so interested in reading our X number of chapters. Because we ain't read the Bible enough in the last, you know, we go into it with condemnation, guilt, and all kinds of stuff instead of going into it with faith and optimism. God, just talk to me. That's all you want him to do. Just talk to me today. Just whatever you want me to know. That's the way we started out. Remember when you didn't know much about the Bible? Now that we're all scholarly, knowledgeable and full of paste and flour, we don't think we need to do that anymore. And so God would rather you just let him quicken something to you and you talk to him about that. God, what's in this about this right now that you want to tell me? You know, uh, it's the old school way that we used to get our understanding from God. Remember, you couldn't get wait to get to church, tell somebody about that. I got a revelation from, I got a revelation, I got a revelation. Amen. Well, you still need to do that. Amen. That's the way God talks to us. That's how we, our soul prospers. When we get that revelation and we start to, to let the Holy Spirit open it up and expand our understanding of it, that's when your soul prospers. He's got to expand our understanding of things. In order for us to get maximum benefit and to receive our healing and to receive our strengthening 
and to receive our well-being and and to thrive and to 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 be blessed in every single area of our life to prosper really means to be blessed in every area of your life it it doesn't have much to do often with money to be honest with you because you can have the greatest sense of well-being and be broke you know or or almost broke or you know on down to the last <laughs> You know, God is so merciful. He won't let us, the saints get really broke no more. You know what I'm saying? You you get down low and you don't see a whole lot coming in. But, you know, the cruise of oil ain't going to fail. You know, that, that little bit that you have can always be turned into something. If you'll praise God for it and thank him for it instead of wondering when it's going to run out. You know, the, the widow woman didn't have time for that. She might have wondered a little bit, but after a while she said, oh, this is getting good. Amen. When she looked around and she she saw it was no more vessels, she was going, oh, man, I should have borrowed some more. Amen. And so that's the way, excuse me, God wants us to think about him and about what we have in him. That's That's a thriving soul, a soul that expects more and more and more and knows that God is never diminished. Amen. He is never diminished. And so once we, we, we start coming into that, then uh, healing starts to take place in us. You know, we'll find out where we used to be afraid about, uh, financial lack and all that kind of stuff. All of a sudden that fear is gone. When that fear is gone, that's better than money in the bank. Amen. You can cash that check all day long and spend the money because once you don't fear lack anymore, that means that your soul has prospered where you've overcome that, amen, where it used to be a way of life, where it used to be, you know, something that, that you were afraid of all the time. You watched your money. You watched how much, you watched what was coming. You watch, 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 watch. And then all of a sudden you got to the point where it didn't really bug you. You just knew it was going to be there. You knew supply was going to be there. And so that's the way God wants all his kids to get to. See, and then that way you can really begin to prosper because God will start to give you ways to manage what he gives you. He'll give you ways to anticipate what's going to come in the future. He'll give you ways to store up for for that coming time, you know, instead of thinking about just making ends meet all the time. You understand what I'm saying? He He wants us to be better managers than that. Because he, he's the one with the ends for them to meet. You know, you don't have no ends to, to meet no way. You know, he's got to supply it all. So if you start thinking more about the source and the supplier than what you have your hands on and what you can see and what you anticipate, then you, your focus is right. See, when Jesus fed all them 5,000 people, he wasn't looking at that. He could have cared less if what was in that little happy meal. You got me? The disciples said, all we have here is two loaves and a little fish. And Jesus said, I don't care. That is, I'm not moved by your two loaves and whatever, how many little fish you got. He said, I'm moved by the source. So I'm getting ready to talk to the source about it. And so he thanked God for what they had. He thanked him for being his source. He thanked him for being his father. Thanked him for supplying everything. 
And he told the disciples, just tell them people started sitting down now. Amen. And as they sat, it continued to multiply. Now, if they'd had a rush on the, the little food that was there, I don't believe it would have helped. Amen. Cause when you're, when you're, say for instance, they, they started seeing, say a handful of people started seeing that food coming forth and they were thinking lack. Got me? See, resting is a sign of faith. It's a sign you believe God. So when Jesus told the disciples, make them sit down in companies of 50. In other words, let peace and rest settle in on these people. Let them, don't let them be worried and nervous and hungry. Amen. So as Jesus brought them into rest, they began to expect food instead of being afraid they wouldn't get any. Amen. There's a big difference to God because if, if they're resting in the fact that it's provided for, then the provision continue to flow. If they had been standing all around and, and nervous and let me have some, let me have, yeah, blah, 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 blah. no, you got me? Nothing comes for. And it's possible for us to get ourselves so full of God's word and peace in our souls that we can rest and sit and expect that supply to come through without fail and everybody to be filled to overflowing. Everybody loosen up their little belts and leaning back now and picking the teeth with the chicken bones and fish bones or whatever. Amen. And the disciples took up, every disciple had a basket where they took up leftovers. Amen. And so this is God's provision, folks. It's It seems simple, but it is something that we have to apply ourselves to. I won't say work at it. I mean, what's... What's hard about reading the Bible? Just getting everything else off your mind so you sit down and read it. That's about the most work we have to do. And if we set up ourselves so that we we have a plan and we stick with it and we don't deviate it, most days we'll be able to spend time with the Lord meditating on the word, causing that transformation to take place, causing our souls to prosper no matter what it looks like in the natural. Amen. And so I know we want to, we want to, uh, see, see everything. I want to see myself not taking these stupid pills I got to take for my blood pressure, but they do keep me humble to God. <laughs> I can say that much. <laughs> it's a purpose for it because I'm not saying, thinking I got it all together. Oh, I don't take no pills. I, you know, I'll do this. I'll do that. Yeah. 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 You Pharisee. So you understand what I'm saying. You, 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 we have to recognize our own humanity, but also we have to keep striving to, to come to that place where we totally trust God. There's, there's a benefit to living in that place where we totally trust God and, and there's healing that comes in response to our soul prospering. Amen. There is a healing that will come to us, whether it's in our souls that we have peace instead of being fragmented. And being fearful, amen, when you can eliminate fear out of your thinking, you're healed, amen, that's that's a good place to be. So you're thriving when you get in that place where you don't worry, where where nothing throws you, where the enemy can come up with something uh, to see if he can upset you and it doesn't work, 
You got me? Uh, that's, that's prosperity, folks. I mean, that's, that's growth. That's increase. That's a step ahead of where we used to be. That's a wonderful place to be. Amen. If you don't have a lot of money in the bank, you can think like you do and act like you do and have the peace like you do. You can have the same peace as somebody who's got billions. Amen. Probably even more so. Because you can spend your time worshiping God and loving God where they got to keep having meetings to try to see if they can hold on to all of it. Amen. For some of them, it's not hard to do. They they hit a stride in their lives where they have things organized. But look at the years of work that it took them to get to that place. And look at how we can just rest and abide in that place where we know that all of our needs are met. Amen. Now, now, you may not have the responsibility and the, the work that those billionaires have, but you've got work to do. You've got something to do to keep you busy in, in life. And so it's the same thing, whether no matter what you work at. You work at the gospel. You work at taking care of the things that are important to God's kingdom and, and increasing his kingdom. And people in, in the natural realm work at their businesses. But we all have work to do. And who has the most peace and who's thriving? That's, that's the, that's the ultimate. Ultimate is to get to that place where you're prospering, you're thriving, and you're not concerned about anything. Amen. You learn how to cast your cares upon the Lord. That's what it means to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Joshua 1.8 gives us a key to prosperity in our souls. And, and this was an Old Testament principle. Uh, it's in, and we should be doing more of it, living in a better covenant with better promises. Amen. Uh, and, and, and we can do better than the Old Testament saints did. It says God instructs Joshua in how to prosper, how to do well how to be a capable leader, how to be somebody who he can depend on to lead his people. You know, if your your leader is scared and, and doesn't know how to pay bills and doesn't know how to keep a phone on and all that, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, they're they're not going to be a very good leader for you. But But they can be if they'll learn the principles that God sets out for all of us. But but definitely for leaders, and I, I consider his advice to Joshua for all of us, because you're leaders in some way. You know, if you're leaders in your home, you're leaders in your family, you know, sometimes you, you look around and you find that, that there are more people in your family now coming to you for prayer, coming to you for just calling you up, wanting to talk to you. That's called leadership. And so God wants us to, to be capable leaders, be, uh, uh, leaders that, that know how to, uh, fulfill what people are expecting us to do. And, and he told Joshua, he said in verse six, he says, be strong and of good courage. Amen. That means, uh, be able to trust me. And for unto this people, you shall divide for an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? Because these people are weak. Amen? 
everybody's weak to some extent, but if God calls you out for him to anoint you to help people, and we're all anointed to preach the gospel. You, you understand what I'm saying? And that you may observe and do according to all the law. Do the word. Listen to the word. He says, which Moses, my servant, commanded you, and turn not from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wheresoever you go. In other words, every time you set out to do something, it's going to work for you. Every time you set out to do something, you won't fail. That's a glorious promise. I mean, look at all the times we have have forfeited opportunity because we just didn't have the courage to step out and do it. Amen. You talk yourself out of more things than you talk yourself into. Well, the prosperous soul doesn't do that. The prosperous soul is is courageous, ready, able, capable. Why? Because God has opened the door and God's with you. And God's always going to be there with you to help you. He doesn't change his mind in the middle of your life that all of a sudden he don't want to have nothing to do. That's, nah, I tried helping her. She ain't going to do right. I'm going to just go find me something. He doesn't do that. If he opens a door, he's walking through it with you. Amen. And he's the success in the equation. You're not the success. He is. Amen. See, we pay too much attention to natural things and natural circumstances. We forget who's with us in everything we do. Amen. He told Joshua that. He said the book, this book of the law, this one I'm, we talking about right here will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night. So if it doesn't depart from your mouth, how's that happen for you mumbling? Thank you, Lord. But John 3.16, you so love the you love me, Father. You gave your life for me. How much more will you do for me? You already given your life, Lord. You're going to do this for me. I trust you to open that door for me. And when I go through, I go through with you. And we will not fail. Amen. It's not you and your abilities and your this and your that. But we will not fail. And everything that you, we set our hands to, God, my hand is your hand. My thoughts are your thoughts. We're in covenant together. We are one. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Amen. So you're one with God. You're not doing this by yourself. You have his mind. You have his thoughts. You have his encouragement. You have everything. Amen. I was, I was at, uh, uh, Walmart yesterday. I'm always calling up people, tell me, I'll oh, give me some groceries. I'm gonna come up and pick them up at such and such time. Just have my groceries out there. See, I like all of that. I don't know about you know, some people don't trust nobody to pick groceries off a shelf. I said, Come on now. They do it better than I do. I was you seen them little grocery pickers in there? They be getting it. And they got their little things. See, they got something we don't have. Because I was standing there and the girl was looking. I said, what you got? She said, this is my, I said, that's something you don't, y'all don't get it to the customers, do you? She said, no, I don't think so. I said, well, look up something for me. She said, I said, what's it? I said, I better tell you what aisle is on, don't it? She said, yeah. I said, that girl, that's what I need. She said, no, you can't. I said, well, well, look up something for me then. She told me where it was too. Told me how many they had. 
I said, okay, I've been doing this backwards. I, I didn't do it no more. I bet you I don't step up in Walmart looking for nothing unless I forgot to put it on my little list that they got. But, honey, they call me and tell me they got such and such and so-and-so and what time you want to pick it up. And I just kimbled on up there and, you know, park in my little space. And I thought I had a reserved space for a minute. I was going that same space every time I go up there. I went up there yesterday. I said, somebody got my space. How they go find me? I got to go to a different space. So I was, I was in there and, and I, I have tried the, the, they have made mistakes on my, my order. They never give me, they never leave anything out. They always give me somebody else's stuff, you know, and I'll get on there online, see how you can return it. You can't return nothing. I mean, if they made a mistake, if, if they made it and they cheated you, they got a way for you to do that. If they made a mistake and gave you something, you got to jump through hoops to get that stuff back to people. And so, and I went through this with the Lord once before where he showed me at the checkout. He said, every time you check yourself out, notice something. I said, okay. He said, he said, now I'll show you why I give you extra things at times when you come up here because you'll scan it once and you'll hear it say, boop, boop. And it's charged you twice for stuff. And he said, when you do stuff like this, you got to trust me to make up the difference to you. Amen. And so yesterday when I, I was up there, I got my groceries and I looked, there was an extra. I said, here it is again. I said, some more stuff. So I said, well, Lord, and I didn't say anything. I just, when I got home, I saw it in there because I don't jump out and watch them people. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm on my phone doing something. Sending somebody a text or something. You understand what I'm saying? I I just don't do it. I don't know why. Too lazy, whatever. That's their job to get that stuff in there. But I, I you know, I'll, I'll get home. And then I looked and I said, oh, boy. I said, now they gave me something else. And I looked and it was some tea. And so I, I was texting Pastor Shirley and I was telling her, I said, I need to go to so-and-so. I'm going to pick up the rest of the stuff for the Easter baskets. You know, do you need anything? And she was saying, well, you know, she gave me stuff she thought I needed in the baskets. And she said, well, I need want some of that tea with lemon in it. <laughs> so what is what is there sitting in there from Walmart? Tea with lemon in it. You got me? Even before she asked for it, I knew what she needed. See, when you add it up in your is it God or ain't it God column, you'll see God supplies all my needs. Before I call, he answers. God gives me desires of my heart. Walmart made a mistake. You got one thing on this column. You got 10 over in that column. What do you believe? You got me? You know, I'll call Walmart and I'll tell them, listen, charge me for this stuff if y'all need. Oh, don't worry about that. We don't even have a, a, a system for that anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So when they make mistakes, they make mistakes. They make them to your good and they make them to your bad. You understand what I'm saying? So so I got over the condemnation of somebody's mistake working to my benefit. Because usually it works against me. Amen. And then, it's, you know, then you go home and look at your gas bill. And this jumped up a whole hundred dollars in one month from last year. Look at your last year's gas bills and see what they are compared to this year. You won't get so slap happy about two bottles of tea. <laughs> Amen. 
<laughs> your tea guilt goes away real quick. So, so this is, this is how God provides folks. It's how, how he provides. He will take care of these things, but you have to get out of the, the mode of fear of lack. That's what he's getting us all free from. Amen. It, if, if lack threatens you, it's never going to hit you. It can only threaten you because God prospers all of his kids. You know, he, he provides for all of us. It's, it's already done. You just got to expect him to, to lead you to the provision. You got to set your hand to it, but he, he's the one that'll lead you to it and open that door. So, and he's never out of possibilities. I don't care what we do. He's never out of possibilities. He says here, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night. So when you meditate, you actually mutter that word to yourself. You mumble it. Sometimes you say it. Thank you, Lord. You will, I will prosper and be in health as my soul. Help my soul to prosper, Lord. Give me things that my soul will grow rich in, that my soul will, will benefit from. Give me a scripture, Lord. That's going to be real to me and cause me to be at peace about prosperity. And he says that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. You got to be a doer of the word and not just say, yeah, amen. Oh, that word was good. That sounds good. And then you go off and do the same thing you've been doing. Hey girl, that word's got to change us into the, the effect that we do the word. Amen. Meditate it, meditate on it long enough. For it to move you to obey it. And I think that's sometimes what we don't do. We don't meditate long enough to let it move us to obey it. It's a process. It's not like you can do the word, get up and do it on your own strength, and do it two or three times and quit. That's not what he's talking about here. He says by meditating on it, it gets inside of you. It gets in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen? Your heart is your innermost being. It's not just in your head. You just think about a few good scriptures that make you happy and sound good. You've got to, to let that word sink in and let it become engrafted in you and be a part of you to the extent that that's all you think about and that's all you believe. You know, opposing thoughts won't, won't come to you and linger. You know, it's like when you, when you have symptoms and and you're trusting God that you're healed and you're expecting them symptoms to leave. Well, if you continue to pay attention to the symptoms and wonder when they're going to go, that word has not penetrated the way it needs to. You got me? You can get to the part where you're fully persuaded like Abraham was. He was not moved. He was so not moved by his age and his impotence and Sarah. He was not moved. He didn't give it one thought. And that's a wonderful place to be where that's, that's prospering. That's your soul. And he was an old covenant guy. So they had a mechanism to, to believe God and trust God no matter what and not be moved by anything contrary to the blessing of God. See? David had the same thing. He held in his heart God's word and he meditated. When he got to, to, to that battlefield, he wasn't looking 
to be a big deal that day. He was a little deal, and he knew it. And he was happy being a little deal. And he got there, and and he started thinking about what was he kept asking questions. That's the first key to meditating on the word, asking questions about it. God, how does this happen? How do you do this? What's what's this about? Always, that's what Mary did when she sat at Jesus' feet. He says she chose the better part. She was getting her questions answered. She wasn't there because she was lazy like her sister thought. See, people think all kind of crazy things about you when you love God. And you're holding on to his word. She believed every word he said. She believed he was going to die. Because he said she came to anoint me for my burial. Amen. And so she may not have known exactly why she was pouring out, but she was drawn to him because she believed everything he said. And all the rest of the disciples were thinking, ah, he's going to, hey, we're going to have a, a, a overthrow of Caesar's government. No, God's going to overthrow Caesar's government when it's time. He has some things to show Caesar that Caesar didn't know yet. You got me? And so a lot of times the way we think things are supposed to happen, they don't happen that way. But he says she chose the better part. She chose to sit and meditate and hang on my every word. Because she's getting something out of this that you, Martha, are not getting. Because you don't know what time it is. You're supposed to be down and you up. Supposed to be up and you down. You're all out of sync. He said, you bothered. You're troubled about a lot. You got a lot of problems, girl. You understand what I'm saying? You need to learn what time it is. It's now it's time to sit down and listen to me because I ain't going to be here for much longer. You got me? And so these are, are the things that we have to, to understand about God's word. Attending to his word is something that's imminent all the time. It's upon us all the time. To pay attention to the word of God, to draw out of it all of the substance, all of the sustenance that's there. Amen. You know, when you when you eat a meal, you swallow your food. You don't spit it out before you swallow it. It's the same thing about God's word. This is swallowing the word when you meditate on it, when you take it aside and you chew on it and you think it through and you. You know, be in a constant state. And you don't have to be sitting up with the Bible open all the time to meditate on the word. You can just be drawn into the thoughts of God and allow him to speak to you. Amen. And and then get in the word and and, and validate what you just heard. You know, you understand me that the things that we need to do to cultivate this, um, they're just common things to do. There's certain things. That, that are said to you that you like the sound of it, don't you? And you keep repeating it to yourself over and over and over again, or at least you should. Amen. Uh, anybody that's, that's been in love with somebody, everybody in here been in love. I thought they was in love, except for our little one over there, but you know, you're excused, <laughs> but you will be. You know, certain times guys say things to women. They know what, you know, we call them the come on lines. You know, there's some that's that work and some is just, oh, Lord, you can't say nothing no better than that. Amen. Amen. I was looking for treasure and my eyes fell upon your picture on social media. No, come on. 
I ain't no treasure. You understand what I'm saying? Treasure to God, but you, you, you don't even know what I'm about. Get out of here. Amen. I'm much more valuable on the inside than I am on the outside. Go get a life. You got me? But we'll follow people because we like what they say to us, how it sounds. You know, you think about it when you, we, I used to do this when, when I was dating my husband. He's the only man I ever dated, but I was dating him. And, uh, I used to think sometimes all day, I think about the last thing he said to me. And I said, wow, that sounded good. I likes the way that sounds, you know, that kind of stuff. You take it with you. You feast on it over and over and over again. Amen. Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't that old. My goodness. Think back a while. Some of you got to go back into the the 80s and the 90s. But think about it a little bit. You meditated on it. Why? Because you you wanted to keep it. You wanted to hold it close. Because it was valuable to you. It's the same thing with God's word. His word is valuable. You want to take it with you. You want to meditate on it. And then it'll motivate you to obey it. You'll start to automatically do the things that you see in the word. Amen. You'll start to put things together and come up with strategies for how to respond to God and how to respond to situations in life. You'll you'll come up with new strategies for how to do those things. And so once you understand that, that this is a valuable tool for you, then the healing begins. So your soul will begin to respond to the word and healing takes place. I don't care if it's physical healing, if it's healing of, of memories, past memories, all that stuff gets taken care of through meditating on the word. Amen. And take the time to, to meditate these things out. Go to the word and let God select what it is that you read. I mean, sometimes that's kind of rare. We want to, we want to get our reading in. You know, we want to do our own assignment, get our assignment over. Who assigned it to you? I assigned it to myself. I know what I need. No, you don't. You know, just, just ask God sometimes. God, show me. Let him be in charge. You'll save yourself a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of worry. Amen. So, so you're, you're, you need to understand that, that there are two minds that you can have. The mind of Christ is what we're talking about here. When you, you take on the mind of Christ, your soul begins to prosper. Amen. And then the carnal mind is the mind that opposes it. Oh, you can't do that. That's too hard. Where are you going to get that kind of? favor from who's going to let you do that who's going to give you that kind of money who's going to help you with that who's going to open that door who's going to you know that's your carnal mind and it will be there fighting the word of god but you've got to overcome it see overcoming really make means making the choice what you believe what are you going to hold on to are you going to hold on to doubt and fear or are you going to let god's word settle it out settle the argument we settle the argument with god's word and, and, and God's word may put you out on a limb for having to obey it. It'll cause you to have to do things you've never done before and never trusted God in your life to do through you before. But, but they will be God. Amen. They will be God. So, so it's up to us 
to hold on to those thoughts, hold on, capture them and, and, and meditate on them, hold them close to us so that they begin to take on more and more meaning the longer that we, we, uh, hold on to them. They will mean more. Amen. And, and so God wants us to, to be encouraged in our holding on to, to the impossible, believing him to be, do incredible things, believing him to do things that we cannot do. Because to be honest with you, most of us have been cheating on our faith for a long time. We've lived in a realm where we knew what was going to happen. We expected certain things and it didn't put us out on a limb very much. Now God's pushing us out further on a limb and we don't like it. Amen. It's causing us to have to believe for us. You know, as I, I, I just went to, was going to a, a, a healing, healing evangelist meeting. God had told us almost a, over a year ago to sow something into this man of God's ministry. And I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I really like the way he deals with healing with people. Get a lot of miracles in his ministry. I need that. I said, I'm going to start going to the meetings. And, and so I started doing that. And then God started speaking to me through this man of God through prophecy. You know, some things that he's going to be doing with the ministry with me. And I'm thinking to myself, it's, I went to Nero the first time. I went, you talking to me? You talking to me? You know, it's like, what an attitude. You talking to me? And, and so, <laughs> so I had to calm down a little bit because I'm thinking at my age, Let's just coast a little bit. Put it on uh uh automatic pilot or something until we till we step on over when ain't nobody looking, ain't nobody asking for a prophecy or something, you know. And uh then God starts telling me all the stuff he wants me to do. You got me? He said things that I thought about doing years ago and I thought, Lord, what's that? I see if it if I was real young, you gonna have to bring back some youth. You got a job here, guy. You were just and the list gets longer and longer what he's got to do in order to get me to, but he knows what he's doing, you know, but see now my faith has got to, I've got to take back and walk back some expectation that I had and now step into the miracle realm of the morning stiffness has got to leave. The energy has got to ramp up. Gotta get off these crazy pills here. I am talking about the pills again. You know, all of this whole my laundry list of stuff that I need him to do, I think, before I can do what he wants me. And I thought about it. I said, God, you could clear all that up in the twinkling of an eye. It's nothing for you to help him do these things. And I'm not going to even ask you why you waited because I don't want to know the answer. You understand what I'm saying? But you got to know that when it's time, it's time. Time does not, what time doesn't do is it doesn't kill God's plan. And it doesn't alter his plan. He doesn't have to change anything based on our perception of time. And so you get pushed out on a limb. You know, sometimes you're pushed out on a limb in different ways, you know. Some, some with some people, it's their family situations, it's it's finances, it's you know, it's, you know, providing for younger ones to get their college education and and all of that. You get pushed out on a limb. Why? Because there's always expectation of prospering. 
in the natural realm. You, you, you gotta understand, you wake up every morning with, with two roads to get on. You can either stay where you are and, and risk failure, or you can trust God and go forward and prosper. And so this, these are the only two choices that we have. We choose life and thriving, prospering, or we choose to try to stay there and hope God don't see us that we don't want to do anything. You understand what I'm saying? And so, or do anything that's going to give us the shakes, you know, make us nervous, make us wonder, make us, oh, get us out on a limb, whatever. We just hope God's not going to ask us to do anything like that. And so th- this kind of thing, you know, you, you, you got to challenge, I think, your thinking. You got to challenge your plans. You got to challenge what you, you thought was going to be your life and step into the life God has for you. And, and when you do that, you're going to have to take on more of God's understanding, his wisdom, his hope, his expectation. You can't live in today and future prosperity with yesterday's activities. They're gone. You got to take on new activities. You got to take on new ability. You got to take on new thinking. You got to, you got to make some changes. And that's what we really don't like too much. We want to change too much now. We don't want to risk you know, we want to keep one one foot on the banana peel of life instead of putting both feet over in firm foundation. See, one, the past is really slipping away from us continually. And you got to jump off that, that little footing in the past and jump totally over into the new thing. Both feet. You can't go into it with a little bit here and some more of that there. Amen? You, you gotta be with both feet. And so uh, sometimes I, I get bothered. I, I went through, and this is what I was going to share with you. When God has something for you, He has a way of reassuring you about it. Amen. He really, really does. And I went through a period, like a three day period. It's been about a year and a half ago where I didn't take any of the medication I take. And my blood pressure was totally normal. Usually if I miss a dose even, it'll shoot back up again because these pills got a way to keep it. And I went through that three-day period and because God kept telling me, don't take any. Don't take any. Don't take anything. And for three days, it was don't take anything. And then the next day, the third day, it was like it lifted. And I knew to start taking it again. And God God started to show me and he said, just keep reflecting on that. He said, because I took you on a trip into your future. He said, because I know you don't like these pills and I want you to quit bugging me about them. So I let you see that I have a plan for you not to be on them anymore. So you quit bugging me. But it leaves an impression in your spirit when you know you've been to a place that's in your future. See, because when you when you say I believe I receive it when I pray, the other thing you got to believe is that'll come to pass. You got to believe it's really going to happen. And many times we go from day to day to day, not even believing it's going to happen. We're just in a limbo. We don't know where we are sometimes. Got me? But we've quit. If you watch yourself, 
is easy to quit believing that it's going to happen because we don't expect it to. We don't talk like we expect it to happen. We just go on our daily routine. I'll take the pills. I don't like you. Pretty soon I ain't going to have to take you no more. Do our little ritual we do. And there's not a whole lot of faith that comes up in that. So we quit believing that it's going to come to pass. Telling on myself. Telling on myself. You got to watch yourself with these things. Amen. So sometimes that's why we get into like a little crisis. You understand what I'm saying? God is like saying, you better start expecting me to do something down there because I ain't doing it if you're, you're not expecting. Amen. And so we, we got to realize that there's all kinds of way to cheat on this thing. Your soul must prosper to the point that you get the manifestation. That's what John is saying here. He said, prosper and be in health. In other words, manifest prosperity and manifest health as your soul prospers. In other words, keep meditating on the word. Keep putting the word in. Because it's going to benefit you. It's going to bless you. Your soul is going to prosper prosper from this if you keep doing it. Amen? Just keep doing it. So really, soul health or soul prosperity is obtaining the mind of Christ in all things. That you think like Jesus. He wasn't worried about anything. Even when people threatened to take his life, he wasn't scared of them. He stood there and told Pilate, he said, you don't have any, cause he said, it, it, you couldn't take my life unless permission was given to you from above. And Pilate like, I think my wife warned me about this guy. <laughs> I think I remember some. He went back, called his wife up. What'd you tell me about this guy? You understand what I'm saying? And so he was never fearful about what the world could do to him. We could have that. That's available to us, folks. You know, we'll have to worry about this, that, and the other. You know, a, a lot of times I I keep up with with current events and what's happening in the world, what's happening as nation, all that, mainly because we have to pray about these things. I can't be in the dark about oh, what what's that about? I don't never I never heard of that. You understand? You can't be ignorant of your assignment. And and so many times I'll have to be aware of what's coming, but I have an awareness in God. I, I listen to it in God. I'm not listening to it to try and make anything happen or to just live out of that. And that's all I expect to happen. And that's all you, you understand what I'm saying. You've got to have that shield of faith in God between you and this natural realm. It protects you from letting that stuff penetrate on the inside of you and you getting upset about it. Amen. I'm not upset about the economy. I don't like it. It's been better and it can be better. Amen. But I know how to get God to make it better. So that's my job is to work at making sure God takes care of people, that I pray for our needs and the needs of anybody else that he would tell us to pray for. We've got to keep ourselves in a position in kingdom awareness, at all times aware of his kingdom, and not let the enemy pry our attention away from what God's wanting us to do 
by giving us things in the natural to be concerned about. Amen. You can only give so much time to that. You know, handle it, look at it, say, okay, God, I'm giving it to you because you told me to do that. I'm casting this care on you. And I believe that you're taking care of that even now as we speak, even before we ask. It's there, you see. And so that's our Amos 9.13 blessing. The plowman overtakes the reaper. Amen. And so in the, in the days where, where you sow, uh, let those days be banking days where you banked up treasure in heaven. Amen. Because you may not have as much to sow at a later time. And but that what you so you know stored up will will sustain you through difficult times. That's that's the way God, that's the way His kingdom operates. Amen. And so God is sustaining us based on what we got banked up. You're never in debt with God either. You know that. You're not paying off any kind of debt. Come on, y'all. He's the debt payer. Don't get it twisted. You know. I used to be concerned about that. You know, I, my husband was in charge of our our money, and he wasn't a believer. And when I went to church, I'd feel bad. I couldn't give as much as I wanted to give. And God told me, stop that. He said, stop feeling bad. He said, my grace is sufficient. Whatever is in your hand, I've graced you to be able to give that. And quit beating yourself up about what you don't do. That's not kingdom. Amen? You You give by faith. Will you believe that God, what can you give and, and not fall apart nervously that you gave too much? That's the way I look at it. I tell people to do that. I see them getting pressure in some of these churches where every time you look up, it's this offering for this and this given for that, this for this and this. And they get nervous because they feel like they can't participate in everything. Well, you ain't going to be able to participate. Listen, I don't ice skate either. I like the way them people look flipping around there and jumping up and twirling and somebody catching somebody, but that ain't me. I flip up, I'll never come back down. I say, take me up, Lord, because I know if I hit this ice, it's going to be a whole different story. You know, don't feel bad about what you don't have the ability to do. But do what you're able. You know, don't don't shrink back on God because you're fearful. Just let your faith work. Wherever it's working, let it work. Amen. We we have to understand that, folks. God is not He's not here to make us uncomfortable. He's here to help us. And as your soul prospers, you'll start getting peaceful about how you uh live in God's kingdom. You'll start to get an understanding when you're doing things by faith, when you're just doing them, which I don't recommend. If you're doing things, start adding faith to it. Get in the word and and, and examine what it is that you do so that you'll be blessed to the maximum for your efforts. Amen? You don't want to be shortchanged on anything because of unbelief. Put some faith into it. That's why God tells us to to meditate on the word day and night and listen to what you're thinking and and start putting it in motion. Start doing what's going through your head that God tells you to do. Start stepping out and doing these things, no matter how you feel. 
you know, you God will give you an idea to do something and you can't do it right away. And if you watch your mind, your mind's trying to talk you out of doing it. You got me? That's why God would tell prophets when they had a word, don't stop, don't talk to nobody, keep, just go to you, deliver this message. Amen? Because he knows how, how the enemy tries to steal from us. We'll steal from ourselves. We'll get scared about doing something that we know God told us to do. We know it's going to bless somebody. And then, the, you know, the enemy will start piping in. That You, do, you shouldn't do that because they'll think this and they'll think that. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's it's up to us to carry this out, carry out the word. But but your as you allow meditating on the word to change your thinking, change you from carnal to spiritual, it changes your focus. You start focusing in more on God and what he's doing and what he's got in store for you, then you do what's going on here in the natural. Amen. Like Ernest Angel, he told some some, you know, reporters used to come over there and pick at him you know they want to make fun of him and all that kind of stuff they quit messing with that man you understand what i'm saying because he would ask him he said they say do you really believe in angels and you really believe he said man he said heaven is more real to me than you are huh now how do you respond to something like that if they thought he was crazy before i guess they say you sure enough crazy now we are with end of discussion. That's the end of our question and answer period. Amen. And so that's where God wants us to live, to, that heaven is more real to us than earth is. Because earth has got a lot of problems, folks. All of our blessings come from heaven anyway. And God wants us to prosper. He wants our souls to be healthy so we can think like him all the time and, and not worry. Come up with answers, great plans, do exploits. That comes from a prosperous soul. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for blessing us. In advance, you have blessed us, Lord. We're so thankful. We really, really are. We're grateful. And Father, we cease worry. We cease fear. We abide in your peace because our souls prosper and we are in health, Lord. So we thank you for the health that comes with the prospering soul that meditates in your word, that loves your word. Like David said, he said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation day and night. So we thank you, Lord, that we meditate day and night in your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen again. Let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have whatever. Yep. And it can't get me. Amen. And thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed.